Welcome to Served Neat. I'm your host, Jen Hartman. I am wildly obsessed with marketing, sales, business, and the bottom line. I left corporate America with $3,000 in my bank account and a dream of becoming a successful entrepreneur. In the last two years, I grew my marketing consultancy to multiple six figures, worked with over 160 CEOs, and even started my very own fashion brand. In this podcast, I'll be serving up my best kept secrets to help you grow and scale your business. Each week, you'll hear from myself along with other entrepreneurs. You'll learn about what it actually takes to grow a brand, the ups, the downs, and everything in between. Pour yourself a glass of bourbon and get ready to take notes because it is time to dive into this week's episode. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to season three of Served Neat. I am so excited for this season. We're going to have even more interviews. We're going to have a couple of different mini series on niche topics and a bunch of solo episodes. Let's go ahead and just dive right into today's episode. We're going to be talking about the Tarte Dubai trip. In case you missed it, if in case you're not on social media, people are losing their minds over Tarte's influencer Dubai trip. Here's the gist of it. Tarte took 29 influencers and their plus ones on a trip to Dubai. They all flew first class on Emirates, which is like 20 or $22,000 each. They stayed in villas at the Ritz in Dubai for a few evenings, which I think costs around, I don't know, maybe like a thousand to $2,000 a night, maybe 3,000. There were excursions, drinks, meals, entertainment. So I'm not good at like public math. We don't do math on the spot here, but I'm going to guess that each influencer plus her guest cost around $50,000. And I would say the trip total was well over a million. There has been a lot of backlash around the trip. Consumers saying that it's unrelatable and that it's tone deaf, especially during a recession. In today's episode, I want to break down things that I found really interesting as someone who's worked in PR and marketing for the last eight years and some lessons that we can learn from Tarte as well. So first up, there was no payment involved. So they got a free trip. The influencers got a free trip, but there was no payment on top of that. The other thing I found interesting was there was no exclusivity. So the influencers who went on the trip could use other makeup brands on their get ready with me videos. From a consumer standpoint, this felt way more authentic and a bit more relatable than when I see influencers putting on a full face of one specific makeup brand, because let's be real, nobody does that. Most women are using various makeup brands, right? We're using one brand for our eyeshadow, one brand for foundation, another brand for primer. We jump back and forth from different brands, between different brands. The other thing that I found interesting for a campaign of this size, there were no affiliate links. Which again, as a consumer, I actually really like that. It felt a lot more authentic and less pushy. Sometimes seeing the whole like, use my discount code for 10% off or use this discount code to get free shipping. Like it gets old after a while. 
And it starts to feel really, I don't know, just like salesy. So I like how just authentic this felt. The last thing I'm going to point out, I kind of already called it up before, is the cost of the trip. Now, I know everyone is losing their mind about how much Tarte spent, but I have a different perspective for you. So first up, they did say that they partnered with Sephora. So I'm assuming that Sephora probably pitched in a little bit. All the influencers showing off their first class seats on Emirates and showing off the villas from the Ritz. So I bet. Now, obviously, I don't have the contract in front of me, but I bet that Emirates probably comped the tickets for the flight or at least split them with Tarte. Emirates probably pitched in in some way, shape, or form. And I only say that because I saw every influencer showing off their first class seats. And then I'm assuming the Ritz had to have either comped the rooms, pitched in. They did something for the trip because of how much content I saw in the villas, around the hotel. Something happened there. So I don't think the trip cost as much as everybody thinks it cost. And this is not tip. Like, oh, no, wait. Oh, words are hard. This is not out of the ordinary for other brands to contribute to an influencer trip, especially one of this size, of this caliber. All right, let's talk about the earned media from this trip. So each influencer who went produced multiple pieces of content while they were on the trip. And some of the influencers who went charge like fifty to $70,000 for a single piece of content. So I would say like this alone from a user-generated content perspective was well worth it for Tarte to do this trip. And also keep in mind too, that Tarte has done this trip many, many, many times, and they would not continue to do influencer trips if they were not seeing some sort of return. The other thing that I think is interesting that no one is talking about is, again, not only did every influencer produce multiple pieces of content, but everybody and their mother right now is having conversations around Tarte, and there have been plenty of articles written up about the trip. The trip was, I believe, two weeks ago at this point, and Tarte has kept the conversation going via TikToks regarding the failed trip, quote unquote failed trip, even though I don't think it was a failed trip, and marketing jobs posted on LinkedIn from Tarte as well. This is genius, genius. They've definitely capitalized on this experience in every way they possibly could. And I love this journey for them. Okay. So like, what does this look like for business owners? If you're a smaller business owner, you might be thinking, Hey, I don't know what this means. Like I'm not spending a million dollars on an influencer trip. What I want to point out here is there are plenty of opportunities to boost visibility and capitalize on different events within your business, different occurrences. For example, like taking a crappy thing and making it viral. For example, like receiving a complaint from a customer, this would be an opportunity to showcase how you would respond, whether professionally or sarcastically (laughs) and block out the customer's name, of course. This comes to mind because Doe, the edible cookie dough brand, did this pretty recently where they made a compilation of customer complaints and they put them out on TikTok and they were so funny. The video went viral and I got a kick out of it and I'm sure other consumers probably did as well. 
So there are just a lot of opportunities that business owners can take advantage of that they're probably not doing right now. But again, want to look back at the chart example. Not only did they have this trip, right? They kept the conversation between posting marketing jobs on LinkedIn and making fun of the failed trip on TikTok. And yeah, the conversation is continuing to go even though this trip happened weeks ago. Something else I want to touch on is that there were rumors that the brand didn't see a large uptick in sales from the trip. And I have a few thoughts around this. So first up is there's no way that the goal of the trip was sales. I mean, I'm sure they intended on having sales, but one of the reasons why I don't think that it was, was sales focused is because they didn't include affiliate links. Not once did they have an influencer say, buy this product at this link with this discount code or use my affiliate link to get 20% off. Like there was none of that. And there was also no exclusivity and they didn't have to post either. So I would say sales was probably not the number one objective or they would have included affiliate links throughout the campaign. When it comes to sales, so something else I want to break down too is let's talk about consumer behavior for a second. How often are people seeing an influencer talk about a product they're clicking the affiliate link, they're going to the website and they're making a purchase right then and there, just like that. Seeing, clicking, buying. No, <laughs> it is not uncommon for someone to see an influencer talk about a product, go to the website, check out the reviews, go into Ulta, test out the product and then buy the product from there. The path to purchase in 2023 is a bit messier, which as a marketer, I, I don't love that because I like to be able to track every single thing, but that is the reality in which we live. Understand that the path to purchase is not going to be perfect. So when you do influencer marketing, you're going to see brand awareness. You're going to get that credibility. You're going to see website traffic and you will see sales, but it might not be perfectly trackable. You might not be able to precisely measure every PR or marketing campaign, but understand that just because you can't measure it doesn't mean it's not working. So the lesson here is it's important to understand your campaign goals and just plan accordingly. So if your main goal is sales, push affiliate links or discount codes. If it's content, ask creators for one to two pieces of licensed free user-generated content. If it's brand awareness, work with a few larger influencers. I think all in all, the trip was a massive success. Even if the sales weren't there, the conversations that are happening around the brand and the amount of earned media from the trip, I mean, it has to be millions of dollars worth of earned media. I think the whole trip was really interesting. I can't wait to see the conversations that continue around the trip and the information that comes out in a week, a month, or in a year from now around this campaign. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you guys have questions, if you guys want to have more of a conversation, send me a DM on Instagram, neat.marketing. Again, that's neat.marketing. I will catch you guys on next week's episode of Serve Neat.